Now the sermons are online, you can listen to these, so watch what I say. <laughs> but he probably been, would have been diagnosed with ADHD if they had such a thing back then. I met his third grade teacher one time in a nursing home. She'd been there for a while. Her memory was not quite where it was, but she remembered Dennis Johnson. She would never forget Dennis Johnson in her class. And as an adult, for us kids, it meant that he was always doing something. Always. And if there ever came a time where he was not doing something, if he had to wait on us for any length of time whatsoever, guess what he would do? Find something else to do. So then we would always have to wait for him. He would load the car for a trip. Always load the car. And he had to do it because we couldn't do it because we couldn't get everything in there just right. But my dad's a master packer, so he would pack everything in there just right. But we would always be a little bit, two, three, four, maybe five minutes, getting everybody out of the car after he finished packing. So that means we lived in the parsonage literally from here to the cross there, to the church. So we would all be in the car. Where's Daddy? Always oh, in the church. What's he doing? So our two-minute lateness would turn out to be another 15-minute break. So we learned, if it's any way possible, to time it just right, because we knew my dad is physically incapable of waiting. He can't do it. He never has. He never. He, he can't wait. Now that he's retired, I've seen him wait more in the past few years, just doing nothing, just waiting, just sitting and waiting. It's nice for him to see him be able to do that. We're going to continue our uh, sermon series on fresh fruit, a fruit that shouldn't go bad, should be renewed every day, the fruit of the Spirit. And you can say these with us by now, can't you? Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Read this with me. I forget. See if we can get this going. Look at that. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This is God's word for us today. Thanks be God. Today, our focus is on probably the one that's if you're this personality type, you have the hardest problem with. Some of you are graced with patience. That's why God puts you to marry the person that you married. Because if you didn't have patience, there's no way you would survive. Others of you don't know what the word means. It's an issue for you. It's an irritation for you. It's a problem for you. And what I want you to do is, for those of you who are laid back like me, and can wait, I don't mind waiting. Or you're not. If you can't wait, I hope that whatever you are, either you're impatient or maybe too patient, we'll get something out of today. Because remember, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It is part of the gift that the Holy Spirit gives you. It's part of the life of a Christian who's been given the Spirit. Patience. What is it? We 
we've heard it all of our lives, but I bet if I went around today, we would have uh, 70, 80 different definitions of what patience is. But I thought I'd help us out. Patience literally means a long time. That's what the first part of the word means. Long. A length, an extended period of time. A length of time that ain't short. It's long. It's protracted. It's not over in a minute. Matt, get on with it. It's long. It's long. But that's not the end of the word. It also means long suffering. Now that puts a completely different light on what patience is. Because in the word itself, it implies that it's inconvenience. It costs me something to be patient. It means that I suffer for a length of time that's not short. So therefore, we don't like it because we don't like to suffer. We want to get it over with as quickly as possible. And the suffering could be as menial as waiting on the kids to get in the car, honking the horn, bah, 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 every, have you ever done that? Dads, have you ever laid on the horn? Raise your hand, please. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. George, thank you, yes. Laid on that, thank you, Biddy. We've laid on the horn. How long can it take to go to the bathroom? Uh, because it inconveniences me. I can't go where I want to go until you get in the car. I can't do what I want to do until you do what you want to do. Do, do what you're supposed to do. It costs me something to be patient. <coughs> to be, as the King James translated that Greek word, to be long-suffering. But to understand it theologically, to understand it biblically, we really have to look, about, look at Scripture and see really about God's patience. Now, God is patient with us. I love the Old Testament. There's a couple of verses specifically, Exodus 34, 6 and Nahum 1, 3. Just do your motions in Nahum this morning. Anybody? Before we go over look, look the great prophets. Uh, but that patience, these verses specifically remind us that God is slow to anger. That means by nature he has patience. He's not, doesn't have a, a, a quick fuse. He's not going to blow off the handle immediately. He's going to let it go, and let it go, and let it go, and let it go, until the part of time. He's slow to anger. One of the best examples of that in Scripture is the story of Jonah. You know the, the story, right? Bet you tells me a movie out of it. If you haven't seen it, go see it, because that will give you a, a great picture of Jonah told by Benjamin. And slapping fish. If you can get past that, you'll be okay. Great lesson in there. But Jonah's called to go to where? Anybody remember? Nineveh. Why didn't he want to go to Nineveh? Because they were nasty, evil, horrible people. These are the kind of people who went to a city and they completely destroyed it. They raped, they pillaged, they, they killed, they kidnapped, they, they destroyed. And God told Jonah one day, I want you to go to these evil, nasty people and preach the gospel to them. Tell them good news. Tell them that they need to repent or I'm going to destroy them. Tell them that. Well, we all know that Jonah said, that's a great idea, God. I'm going to get on the first ship and go to Nineveh, right? What did he do? He got on a ship and went the exact opposite way. As far away from Nineveh as he could get in the middle of the ocean, what happens? 
storm comes, a big, huge storm, and the, and the, the seasoned sailor says, we got to do something. There is something more than just a regular storm here. The gods are angry with us. And what's, what's going on? And they told Joe, asked Jonah, what's, what's going on here? After they cast lots to see who they're going to throw overboard to appease the gods. And Jonah said, you don't have to do that anymore. I, I'm it. It's me. I didn't obey God. Be one God. So throw me overboard. So they said, okay, we'll do that. They tossed him overboard. Then they said, God, Jonah, don't hold us responsible for what we just did to him. He asked for it. As soon as he went into the water, what happened? The sea became calm. And Jonah is swallowed by a fish, a giant fish. And in the fish, he, he repents. He says, Lord, I am sorry. If you ever get me out of this, I promise I will go to Nineveh. And so the fish gets sick, goes to the shore, spits him up, and he makes his way to Nineveh. And he preaches that amazing sermon. Phenomenal sermon. The shortest sermon ever. Repent or be destroyed. You got it? I'm out of here. Well, they got it. The king heard, the people heard and said, maybe there's still time. Maybe if we repent, God will have mercy on us and forgive us. And in Jonah, chapter 3, verse 10, we read, When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. We would say, praise the Lord, right? That's awesome. People repented. Evil has now become saints because of God's grace in their life. That's amazing. But it's really not what Jonah wanted to hear. 